awesome. We went and taught in the Bible school, did a bunch of other stuff. We'll show you pictures and stuff later. But uh, in the Bible school, it was it was amazing. It, you know what? Uh, you guys, you, you may not believe in demons and that kind of stuff. TJ, he's a firm believer all of a sudden. Uh, we, 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 we got down there and different stuff was happening. I was teaching in, in the Bible school and just took a real condensed version of what I teach here and teaching God life. And, and the, the director of the Bible school was so excited during the breaks. You know, I'd teach from 8 in the morning till 12, 12.30, you know, every day. And, and we'd take a few breaks. And during the breaks, the Bible school director is so excited because the students are getting... And all the students, they're, they're, they're like 17 to 21, with the exception of two or three of them. You're just, just kids. And, and they, they, they've got saved. And, and what happens when you get saved in Nepal is your family excommunicates you. And uh, they consider you dead. And you're the only one in the village. And now you can't work. And you can't support yourself and so you you come into town and and pastor raju what he does is he kind of works it like small groups they take a guy and they put him in bible school and then they they connect with him and they support him because they send him right back to where he came from and he goes back and he wins that people group to jesus and they're they're changing their nation just in the last two or three years uh christianity has finally become legal and and and, and there's a real movement across the land but the bible school director would be so excited because the kids are getting it and this is so great and their their minds are wrapping around this truth and this is changing everything and right in one of the last sessions it wasn't the last one i think it was the next last session i was teaching and i was talking about the fact that you know everything starts with the word have you heard that before Everything starts with the word, and the word impacts your thoughts, and when the thoughts impact your emotions, and your emotions make your choices, and your choices determine your actions, and your actions determine your habits, and your habits determine your character, and your character determines your final outcome. Now, I was making this point that uh, God is responsible for the word. The Bible says that my word shall not return unto me void without accomplishing the very purpose for when I set it forth to accomplish. And he's also responsible for the final outcome, that when you do what he said, he'll produce what he promised. How many times? Yeah, they can do that in Nepal now, too. And, and it's really cool. And, and uh, every single time, and, and I got to, to bring it at the point that God's responsible for the beginning, and he's responsible for the end. He declared the end at the beginning. And that when you take the word and stand on the word and refuse to be moved, that you're, you're responsible for the middle, the, your thoughts, your emotions, your choices, your actions, your habits, and your character. If you'll stand on God's word, he'll produce the end that he declared at the beginning. And right about that time, a woman in the front row, a, a young gal, you, you know, a, a demon manifest in her, started speaking out of her in English and screaming, don't tell them that, and tried to run out of the room, and then they all jumped. That's kind of commonplace for them. They jumped up and cast the devil out of her, and you know, they had this thing. And, 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 uh, and I just thought, you know, isn't it crazy that the enemy does not want you to know? I said, the enemy does not want you to know that if you'll stand and not be moved, Hebrews 10, 35, cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you shall receive the promise. You have need of patience. I know what we think we need. We think we need a Dodge what? Charger. We, we think we need a charger, right? Or, 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 we need, or we need a house, or we need a job, or we need a new spouse. Or we, you have need of patience, the ability to remain the same all the way to the end that he declared at the beginning. John 8, 31, 32. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth, and that truth will make you free. If you continue, if you press through, the enemy does not want you to understand that if you just stand on the word of God, quit being distracted by sideshow distractions, and trust God that God will produce every single time what he promised. 
Some of us just need it. You know what? It's just time to get our big boy pants on. In America, see, uh, I think a lot of times we think, well, Americans, if you go somewhere else, by, by the way, America is the one of the most comfortable, addicted nations in the world. We are addicted to comfort, which is why I'm not in a big hurry to go back. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you, you know, I just, I like my bed with a big old pillow top mattress and my nice soft pillow. They sleep on a nothing. And, and, uh, uh, and you, you know, you get up early cause it hurts and it feels better to get out of bed. And, and you know, it, and we, we make statements like, you know, Americans are just ungrateful. No, we're not ungrateful. We're unaware. I don't think you're ungrateful. I just think we're, we're unaware. And, 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 you know, we, we do stupid little things. We get our feelings hurt. Somebody said something bad. If, if, if that's you, you need to take somebody, some, somebody you trust and somebody you believe in, have them take you outside and smash you around for a while. Just slap you up one side and down the other. Because, you know what, the reality is, is that God is doing so many great and wonderful things all around the world. And, uh, you know, we're having to get third world countries to send us missionaries to get us back on track. And we are positioned to make such a huge impact in the earth today. And I think we just need to realize that, you know what we've got to do? We just got to grow up and start standing on God's word. Quit being distracted by some of the stupid, silly stuff that doesn't make any difference to the final end that God is leading us to. And get committed. I said get committed. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. You really need this part right here. Got to get in the Word of God. If you're here, to, if you're here this morning, and you don't own a Bible. If you hold your hand up, we don't want you to leave the way you came. We're going to give you a Bible. We want to. It's a gift to you. Want to encourage you? Get in the book. Study the book. Know the book. Walk in the book. Get the Word of God in the fertile soil of your heart, and it'll produce great fruit in your life. Amen. David said, "Thy word have I hid in my heart, so I won't wander off the trail." If you are not building your life on the Word of God, you're an idiot. Proverbs 13, 13 in the message puts it really clear. Ignore the word and suffer. Honor God's word, grow rich. Every area of your life can be blessed with life and increase if you just honor his word. If you ignore his word, you're going to suffer. And you know, we watch some of you guys during praise and worship service. You're suffering. Oh, my God, are they going to sing it again? God. Well, it's because you're not honoring the word. You've you you got to honor God's word or you're going to suffer. Different areas of your life that are in, that are in chaos and, and distress. Somebody needs to shake you. Say, get in the word of God. <laughs> you guys are so cute. Sitting there looking at me like that. You just have to give me some grace today because I'm still kind of punchy. The other morning I got up for breakfast. It was uh, Friday morning, my world. Got up Friday morning. We're on our way home. We're just so excited because we're coming home. And uh, called Shelby. I went down and had breakfast and, and called Shelby, and she told me it was 5.30 Thursday night. Now I'm having breakfast Friday morning. And I kicked around. We went to the airport, and we got our stuff. We went through all that stuff in, in Seoul, and we did all these things and got on the plane, and our plane flew out 6 o'clock Friday night. We, we arrived in Seattle at 12.30 Friday afternoon. Uh, drove home, did a few things, laid around the house. By the, time, by the time we got to bed, I realized that I had been awake for about 38 hours. That'll mess with you. 
okay? Because now when I, when I stand, when I stop and stand still, you guys are still moving. So just hang with me this morning, and uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. And, and, but I, I've got a word for you today, and I think God's going to bless you. Amen? Hold your Bible up in the air. Say, this is my Bible. Say, I am what it says I am. Say, I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. Sorry, I screwed that up. Only the second time I say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus name. Give somebody a high five and say, it's going to be all right. Amen. Once you open your Bible, go right to the book of Galatians. Go to chapter four. We're going to jump in about verse six. Because you are sons, we've been seeing this this morning, so I thought it would be cool to start here. Because you're sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our heart. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. It's, it's actually the spirit inside of you that's crying out, Abba, Father. Because you are sons. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you're a son, God has made you also an heir. You are a joint heir with Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father. Hello? You're a child of God. Look at somebody close to you and say, I'm a child of God. When you didn't know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. When you didn't know God, you were in trouble, man. You were separated from God. But now that you know God, or rather that you are known by God, he said, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Why are you going back to those weak and miserable forces? Why, why are you going back to the thing that you were set free from? Why, why now, after you know God, are you living life as if you didn't have God? That's a good question, isn't it? There was a time, there was a time when it made sense. For you to walk around without demonstrating Satan's defeat. There was a time when, when, when nobody, it didn't shock anybody because you didn't have any victory. But now that you're known by God, why is it that you go back to those forces that were destroying your life before you were liberated from them? See, there are, there are forces that form your future. Today, I just want to talk just a little bit. These are some points that, that we know, but I, I'm not sure that we have really embraced them completely or really spent time. You know, Mark 4, 24 in the Amplified says this, the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear that determines the virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. It's the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. Be careful how you hear, right? It's the level of thought and study you give. A lot of us, we've heard a lot of stuff. We just haven't given any thought or study to it. We haven't actually heard it. We just listened to it. Right? We, we just listened to somebody talk about it. We just listened to a CD or a tape. We just, at, we went, went to church. Shoot, some of us didn't even listen. We just went to church. No wonder there ain't no power flowing. Right? It's the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear that determines the virtue. That's power, the ability to produce results. It, 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 if you're not giving any thought and study to God's word, we ain't going to produce anything in your life. That's why some people, you know, it, even in, in just a group this size, there'll be some people that life will be changed dramatically by the revelation of God's word and other people that sat in the same service that'll go out and all they got out of it was, when's lunch? 
we got to give thought and study to the truth we hear. He said, there's forces that are forming your future. Why do you keep going back? Matter of fact, I think it's down about verse 19 in, in that chapter. Verse 19, he said, I've gone back into childbirth for you until, you know, like a mother giving birth. I, I, I'm back in childbirth for you, hoping until Christ be formed in you. See, we, we've got to realize that there's a force uh, that from heaven that's trying to form Christ in you. How many of you realize that you are more like Christ today than you were just a few weeks ago? Not that many? No, we're on the right message then. Because yeah, we're supposed to be allowing Christ. I got to tell you something. Todd's not the same guy he was last year at this time. Say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm, I'm not the same guy I was just a few, few months ago. Say, thank you, Lord. You're not the same. I hope you're not the same. You know, uh, being a, you know, having the opportunity to go around and preach at different places and, and then for them to, to invite you back, you know, that's something. And, and then, uh, you know, to get to go back and, and year after year go to certain places and get there and to realize that some of those people – not, not only are they in the same chair that they were last time I was there, they're wearing the same thing that they were last time I was there. They, they, they sing in the same song that we sang last time I was there, and they got the same attitude that they had last time I was there. A lot of us, we haven't done a whole lot of growing. Well, be careful, you make me mad. I can't make you anything. If I, could, if I could make you stuff, I'd make you good stuff. I'd make you tithe. <laughs> I can't make you anything. I, I'm going to leave the church. Well, hurry up. Well, seriously, you know, if you're not going to grow, it's time for you to go. I'm making three points in a poem today. That, was, that rhymed right there. Grow or go? Right? Well, isn't that our job? You know, really, you should go read that, this, this whole chapter sometime, and, and take a few. He says, you know, I'm worried about you guys. I'm concerned about you guys because you, you once were pressed in, but now, now you're back. You're letting those same forces that were destroying you now work on your future. So there's some things that I, I just want to I, I uh, drive into your heart this morning. So that you can, you can wrap your, your heart and your mind around these things and, and maybe take it to a place that it hasn't ever been before. So I, I want to give you three points about, about forming your future. And I, I, and I want you to realize that you've been called of God to be a champion. You've been called of God to walk in victory, to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. You, you've been empowered by God to live a lifestyle that absolutely humiliates hell. I'm talking about embarrasses hell. And yet we settle for some weird, stupid life that ain't got no power in it. And, and uh, you know, the stuff that we're struggling with is trying to figure out how to get along with one another. You, you know, that wrong life. We're supposed to be living a life that is causing hell to run from us as we take over our cities. And this morning, I'm, gonna, I'm, just, I'm just here to tell you that we got the devil on the run. He's a little bit irritated. Don't be, don't be shocked because of the opposition that you might see. Just refuse to change. You stand there on God's word. I got a word from God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
Every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn because it's the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, above only, not beneath. I'm the headlight, not the taillight. Why? Because God's word says I am. I'm telling you right now that if we go home this afternoon and our house is burnt down, we're going to take about seven minutes and talk about the stuff that we're never going to see again. Hmm, that stuff's gone. Well, let's go get lunch. Well, don't you care? No. Why? Because in six months, I'll be in better condition than I am right now. Why? Because that's how we roll. God's on my side. Say, God's on my side. He, he can't win. And I got to tell you a little something, something. I can't lose. Look at your neighbor and say, I can't lose. Point one, number one. You ready? Got to hurry. Number one. I think you might, you, might, you might already have this, but let's make sure that you write it down. One, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Do you know that? Have you read Jeremiah 29, 11? I'll get tired of hearing the same thing. Faith cometh by hearing. Who brought that up this morning already? Faith cometh by hearing. Romans 10, 17. Hearing by the word of God. Faith don't come by heard. Faith cometh by hearing. I've heard that verse. Well, you've, you've eaten a meal before too. I'll bet you five bucks you're going to have one more of those. Right? Nutrition don't come by I ate. It comes by I eat. You've got to quit talking about that because I might have you bow your head and pray while I go do that. Kind of hungry. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing. It's right there on the wall. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plan to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan for your future. Say, so God has a plan for your future. God has a plan for your future. Now, I'm not certain that we actually wrap our heart around that reality that God has a plan for my future. There is a, 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 it's, it's a fable from biblical times. It goes back quite a ways. Find one of the Bible scholars, they can help you. It's a story about the man that always wanted to be invited to the king's feast. And it was, it was in his heart. He, he had this passionate desire to go to the king's feast. And finally he got invited and he went to the king's feast. But right above his chair, there was a sword hanging from a very small, thin string. And all through the feast, all he could do was look at that sword and wonder about when that thing's going to fall. Because that string's frayed and it's beginning to, you can see it, you know, strands on the string. Popping and it is hanging there. And, and, and he, the entire time he was at the feast, he couldn't enjoy the feast because all he could think about is what was hanging over his head. I got a question for you. What's hanging over your head today? That is causing you to not embrace your current moment. So worried about what might happen that you don't take advantage of what is happening. See, I don't know what you've been through and what you've come through, but a lot of you have been through some stuff. And the reality is, you're here. God had a plan yesterday for your today, and he, made, he got you here. So why do you think that you should be worried about tomorrow? Which of you could add, by, by thinking, could add any moment to your life? The Bible says you can't, you can't add a moment to your life. 
Now, I'm not telling you you shouldn't exercise and eat right and make a financial plan, but I am telling you that you need to take your future, put it in God's hand so that you can take your present and live like you're going to make a difference with your life. What's hanging over your head? What is it that you just need to put in the hands of God and, and let him care for you? If the Bible says, you know, that we cast all our care upon him because he cares for us. We need to celebrate and trust in God. Somebody say amen. Number two, you need to partner with God every day. Every day. Somebody say every day. See, we... We've got to realize God's got a plan for my future, and I can just trust him for tomorrow. But I need to partner with God, and I need that to start today. Deuteronomy 29, 29, and we'll put this on the screen. It's a great verse. It says, the secret things belong to our God, but those things which are revealed, those are ours. The, the secret things, those are things that you don't know anything about. You do realize that God knows some stuff you don't know. Hello? God, I said, God knows some things you don't know. I know you think you know a lot. We think we're pretty sharp. Jeremiah 33.3, uh, I think it is, it says, Call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things, things which thou knowest not. God said, God said, call me, I'll answer, and I'll tell you stuff you couldn't possibly know. God wants to reveal things. The revealed things, those are the things that you didn't know that now you do know because you spent time with the one who did know. Right? God wants to reveal some things, and those things which are revealed, those are for you, that's, and that's how you do the word that he's put in your life. He, you do what's been revealed. But there are some things that you don't know, secret things, things you couldn't possibly understand. God knows some stuff that you don't know. You know, it's kind of an indicator for us when we're not calling on God because God has said, if you call me, I'll answer, and I'll tell you stuff you don't know. And if you're doing stuff without asking God, you are under the assumption that you know at least as much as he does, if not more. Because if, if you trusted him, you'd call him to find out what he knows that you don't know. And since you don't call, you must be assuming that you already know what he thinks you don't know. You guys look confused. There are some things you don't know. But you're not even aware that you don't know them. Since you don't know that you don't know them, you don't think you need to call him to ask him what they are. Because you don't even know how to ask him because you don't know what it is that you don't know. But he knows everything, and he knows that you don't know. And he looks at you thinking, he's kind of cute, ain't he? Look at him wandering around there in the dark. Thy, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and little sucker won't even turn the light on. Going over, knocking stuff over, and then expecting me to come in behind him and clean up the mess. You, you need to partner with God. I said you need to partner with God, and that needs to start today. Many of us are expecting God to do so much while we do so little. We're going to pray and allow God to operate. Well, it don't do any good to go, you know, how did Jesus taught the guys how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Question? Who's going to do it? God, I want your will to be done in my life. Okay. Who's going to do it? Well, God, God's going to do it. No, you are going to do it. You are going to do his will in your life. 
So you're actually going in to ask him, what do you want me to do? Not going in to tell him what you think he ought to do. We might have our roles reversed. He's God. You're not. Shut up. He dictates what happens. We don't. If his will is going to be done, you're going to have to do it. Think about it. He's given insight. He's given revelation. He's given understanding. He's infused you with strength so that you are ready for and equal to anything that comes your way through Christ who's infusing you with an inner strength. He's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Now is quickened your mortal body. Maybe you should get off the couch. Maybe you should engage in life. This is your life. Maybe you ought to live it. Well, I'm just so busy. You, you're too busy. I don't have enough time. You got the same amount of time as everybody else. You got just as much time as somebody else in the room does. Ain't nobody got more time than anybody else. We all have the same amount of time. Maybe, maybe what we need to learn how to do is how to say no. Let's practice that. No. Let's say it, say it together. No. Oh, the power of no. Man, i got to tell you something. There's some crazy power in, in the word no. You think about it. If you had known how to say no to a lot of the stuff that you said yes to, you wouldn't have all the messes that you got had you just said no. Will you have no? Well, don't you think we ought to pray about it? No, not really. I just need to hear God. I need to partner with him, and if I'm too busy to partner with God, then I don't need to find out what I need to start doing. I need to ask God what I need to stop doing. That was good right there. You should probably should have said amen. That's a good amen right there. You've been given dominion. You have been called to rule. You are not helpless. You're not paralyzed. You're not a victim. Oh, you got to get involved. I said, you got to get involved. Sitting in the morning sun. You'll be sitting when the evening comes. Watching the ships come in. I'll be watching them roll out again. No. Man, what are you doing sitting? What are you doing watching? Engage. To be the bride of Christ means you must be divorced from a lot of other stuff. To engage in destiny means you must disengage from that which distracted you from destiny. You are not helpless. You are not weak. Quit trying to sell that. Say amen. You have what it takes to win and succeed in any given situation. Well, I need a word from God. Open your book and get one, you lazy thing. Well, I want to go to a meeting and have him call me out by name. Well, don't you know your name? 
so impressive to us when God calls us out by our name. He said he'd tell you things that you didn't know. You didn't even know your stupid name? Well, I'll get involved when a godly man comes into my life. Well, wait a minute. There's a good chance a godly man wouldn't have anything to do with your ungodly life. He's preaching good now, ain't he? Some of you are going, I'm suffering. (laughs) If you'd get engaged, if you'd partner with God, Oh, hear me. I said, if you'd partner with God, it would blow your mind what God could do through you. Look around the room and find some of these guys who are doing something with their life. They've just decided, I'm not going to live like I lived before I knew God. I'm going to engage in God life. I'm going to demonstrate Satan's defeat. I'm tired of sickness being a part of my lineage. I'm going to run it out of town. I'm tired of poverty, planning the future for my kids and my kids' kids and my kids' kids' kids. I'm going to do something about it. I'm tired of ignorance and apathy, destroying the future that God has. Well, wait a minute. If if, if God has a plan, how come he ain't making it happen? Because you've got to participate. He's responsible for the word, and he's responsible for the final outcome. But you're responsible for the you that's sandwiched in between there. You've got to agree with the word. Amos 3.3, 3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? You've got to agree with the word. You've got to let the word renew your mind. Don't be transformed or conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to think the way God thinks. It'll cause you to feel the way God feels. It'll empower you to make the choices that God would make. It'll give you the ability to perform the actions that God's created you to, 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 to perform. It'll develop the character that demands the outcome that God has declared over your life. But you've got to participate. Number three. Am I at three yet? What's number three? The quality of your life is flowing from you. You need to realize that God has a plan for your future so you can trust him. You need to realize that you have got to cooperate with God. You've got to participate. And number three, you need to realize that the quality of your life is flowing from you. Proverbs 4.20 in the message. I, I want us to put this up in the message and read it together. Look at this. This, this. this is kind of the way my dad would talk to me. You know, hey, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Can't you hear your father saying, Listen, keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Come on now, concentrate. Learn it by heart. Read it and repeat it. 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 it. Those who discover these words live, and I mean really live, body and soul, they're bursting with health. Keep vigilant watch over your heart because that's where life starts guard your heart out of your heart flows the issues of life your your future is not being formed out there what's going on around you is not dictating your end result you are you might have a moment but if it's turned into a lifestyle that's because that's in your heart if your relationships sucketh then it's in your heart that you got to go to work 
You might have a bad moment with somebody, but but if all your relationships are breaking down and falling apart, it's because you got a bad heart. I like it when people talk about idiots and they say, well, he's got a good heart. No, he doesn't. And I have a good heart. If your heart's good, you'll produce good things. You might be a likable guy, but your heart stinks if you're producing stinky stuff. You know, like I said, I'm kind of punchy. I might have wandered into the wrong church. <laughs> feel like asking Shelby to start the car. You know, we might have to get out of here real quick. Matthew 12. Matthew 12. I, I gave you a verse in 12, right? Look at it. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. Evil man, uh, evil treasure of his heart, an evil man, it's it's not demonized. That that word evil just means sick or diseased, unhealthy. He brings forth unhealthy things. Well, he's got a good heart. You're just trying to be nice. Tell the truth. His heart is not good. See, it goes on. If you read it in verse, I think it's verse 33, just go up a verse or two in your Bible. So either make the tree good or make the tree evil. See, what we do is we get to looking at fruit. We, we want to be fruit inspectors. But the fact is, is that you've been given the ability by God to determine what kind of tree you're going to be. You don't have to worry about the fruit if you make the tree good. If your heart is good, you can't fail. And if your heart is bad, you can't win. you got to realize that your life, your future is flowing out of your heart. God has a plan for you, and it's a good plan. He's going to give you hope in the future. If you'd partner with God, God could produce his will and his desire and his plan in your life. But you've got to realize that you've got to guard your heart because your future is going to flow from you, not to you. So if you'll guard your heart with all diligence, if you'll concentrate on the word of God, God will begin to do a work inside of you that will change everything around you and instead of asking god to change what you're going through he'll change you and you can change your environment and instead of being impacted by what's happening you'll begin to impact everything that's taking place god will use you almost like a glove that he can slip his hand into and he can work his will in and among you and your family and your community and the city but god needs you to participate with his plan and he needs you to guard your heart so that he can do what he has called you to do see here's my poem i told you three points in a poem one ship sails east and another west while the self-same breezes blow but it's the set of the sail and not the winds that determine where each will go. It's not what's happening in your life that determines where you're going to wind up. It's what's happening in your heart that determines where you're going to wind up. I'm telling you, I can't lose. I, I can't lose. And that irritates hell. It doesn't make any difference if we're here or in Nepal. We walk with insane favor. Why? Because that's how we roll. And that's what's in our heart. And aren't you worried about No, I ain't worried about nothing. 
Well, what if somebody, I don't care. There are not enough words in the English dictionary to describe to you how much I don't care what the enemy's doing. Why? Because God is on my side. He's for me, not against me. He's helping me, not harming me. He's got hope, not despair. Healing, not sickness. Provision, not lack. I got more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos. I, I, I got God on my side. You've got God on your side. Act like it. Live like it. Plan like it. Talk like it. Sow like it. Give like it. My God, I'm about ready to go Pentecostal on y'all. <laughs> Praise God. What are we doing? Well, you know, we're just hanging on till Jesus comes. You're in the wrong church. <laughs> oh, we're going to demonstrate Satan's defeat. So we're going to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Man, we're going we're gonna to do some stuff that makes hell go, oh, no. I love the fact that when I get out of bed, hell gets nervous. I like the fact that when you decide, I'm going to stand on God's word, that the enemy loses his, his control. He, he loses it. Well, well, what if I don't see it immediately? Who cares? The longer it takes, the better the testimony. Think about that for just a minute. You know, it's really kind of cool to listen to people talk about, well, you know, we, we spent 25 years standing there believing God. And then, don't you love that and then? It's that and then that makes the story cool. Then God showed up. Then God showed Well, all my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. What, they sure don't look like that. We ain't living by what it looks like. Living by what he said. Living by what he said, refusing to be moved off of the word of God. God's got a plan. I'm going to trust him with the plan. He got me this far, even, even, even when you wandered off the trail, his grace came back and lovingly nudged you back on track. E even, even when you should have been a greasy spot in the highway of life, he protected you, he lifted you, he encouraged you, he infused you, he's covered you, he's got you in the palm of his hand. The Lord has been mindful of thee. He will bless you, both small and great, you and your children. So if God's thinking about you, get this, if, if you're on God's mind, you might as well just relax. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. So you might as well go get some rest. In the middle of the storm, right? What was he doing? Sleeping. Look, your neighbor said, you could use a nap. In the middle of your chaos, just rest. rest. No, God's got a plan for my future. God's got a plan. I'm going to participate. I'm going to do my role. Well, what's my role? I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to guard my heart because that's where real life begins. If I get my heart healthy, my life will produce health. If I, I said if I, if I can think right, if I can see right, I'll end up living right. The way you think is the way you see. The way you see is the way you're going to live. If you're living wrong, it's because you see it wrong. If you see it wrong, it's because you're thinking wrong. If you think it wrong, it's because you've got the wrong word. It's just, guys, it's just so simple. What does God say? What's his word say? I said, what's his word say? If you're not building your life on the word of God, let us know so we can beat the tar out of you. And you can start over.
and do this thing right. Get God's word, stand on God's word, believe God's word, trust in God, and, and then watch your heart produce great life. There's forces that form your future. Let the force of God's word liberate you today. Amen. I want you to close your book, bow your head, and let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the life that we have in you. Father, I thank you that we, we get to celebrate life together. We, we get to ask you to uh, do things that you've already promised to do and know that you hear us when we ask. And since you hear us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of you. If we ask anything according to your will, we know that you hear us. If we know that you hear us, we know that we have the petition that we desire. So right now, Lord, we just get into agreement with you and your word. You and your word. Come alive in each and every one of these vessels right now. Right now in Jesus' name. In just a moment, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, in just a moment, we're all going to pray a couple prayers together. If you're here today and you're separated from God, you don't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't want you going outside of this room in that condition we want you to receive the love that god offers you through his son jesus the bible says that there's only one way to the father that's through relationship with jesus christ we're all going to pray a prayer i'm not going to do anything to embarrass you i'm not going to call you out but if you're here today and you say you know what pastor i want god life i want to have a relationship with god that's real i want to get real with god so god can be real with me if that's you today while no one's looking around just hold your hand up say this is gonna be my prayer i'm praying this prayer today thank you sir thank you sir you can put them down anybody else i'm ready for god today thank you ma'am i'm ready for god today i'm making this my prayer i'm gonna live it out loud no more fear no more embarrassment but i'm getting real with god today anybody else just hold your hand up real high and say that's me this is my prayer I'm, i'm making it real today i'm connecting with god life thank you Anybody else? Real quick, we're all going to pray. I want everybody in this room to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope, Lord. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, right where you are, give God a hand. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.